0: Hello, everyone. I'm Brian Zimmerman, AVP, Client Content and Strategy with Becker's Healthcare. Thank you for tuning into the Becker's Healthcare podcast series. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by Brian Fugere, Chief Product Officer at Simplr, and VJ Jayarman, VP of Strategy Product Management at Simplr. Brian and Vijay, thank you so much for, for taking the time to speak with me today. Before we really dive into this conversation, I'd love it if each of you could just give a brief introduction of yourself and share a little bit about what you do at Simplr. Brian, why
1: don't you get the ball rolling there? Sure. Thanks. Thanks again for having us. Uh, Brian Fugere, Chief Product Officer. I've been here uh, making the turn on four years now. Um, I am responsible for all product management, uh, corporate strategy, and uh, some of our alignment for our go-to-market motions. And so touch a little bit of everything and uh, get in everybody's way as much as possible.
2: Sounds good. Thanks, Brian. VJ, how about you? Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, great to be here today. Uh, my name is Vijay Raman. I'm the VP of Strategy at Simpler. I work in Brian's team, and I have the responsibility of uh, pricing and packaging, corporate strategy, partnerships, uh, and overall corporate initiatives across the enterprise. Excited to be here today. Uh, I've been with the company for over a year now, and I have a background in consulting and banking.
0: Excellent. Appreciate you both uh, sharing that context with our listeners. Very good to have you on the podcast. So let's dive in here. So uh, health systems, of course, rely on a host of, of disparate technology solutions to facilitate daily operations. Can, can you just maybe talk about what the detrimental implications of healthcare's longstanding interoperability challenges are? Um, how do these issues really affect patients and clinicians? Brian, I might tap on you here to get the ball rolling, and then Vijay, of, of course, uh, encourage any comments from you as well.
1: Sure. Uh, we we did a survey this year, um, the first of what will become an annual survey with Chime, where we talked to a few hundred CIOs about some of their challenges. And one of the interesting things that came out of, um, we call it the Compass Report, out of this survey was that anywhere from 30 to 300 different systems are employed by health systems today to do operations. And operations is a very vague term, but if you think of it as the space that's in between their EMR, their ERP, and all of their rev cycle systems, there's a lot that goes on in there. And when those point solutions, because that's normally what they are, it's a bunch of individual standalone point solutions, and they don't talk to each other, it creates an environment that slows everything down and drives frustration for the staff. And if you think about that, those functions, and so all of those operating functions in a health system, their primary role, when it really comes down to it, is to enable the delivery of care. And so when you think about healthcare's long-standing interoperability challenge, and my God, I remember my first hymns, we were talking about interoperability a long time ago, and it's still there today. If those solutions can't talk to each other, then the operators, the users, have to manually go to each other to share information or to find out what another piece of data, and then maybe it's in the right format, and maybe it's not. Maybe they can upload it. Maybe they can't. If you think about all those delays and that inefficiency that gets created, that's a problem, and it slows down the enablement of the delivery of care and creates a high- frustration environment, and that is a huge contributor to the churn that we're seeing across healthcare employees.
0: Brian, to your point, I think we've been talking about interoperability in healthcare for quite a long time. This challenge has a lot of staying power, and it's very pervasive. And these sort of challenges, these interoperability challenges, don't seem to be as long-standing or as pervasive in other industries. I'm curious, Vijay, if you could speak to why that is and and what needs to happen for, for the healthcare sector to really catch up to other industries that have sort of solved
2: these challenges. Yeah, good question, Brian. I think there are a lot of similarities and dissimilarities, right? If you take one of the most common examples that people often cite as an industry that is similar to healthcare, the airline industry, right? From a similarity perspective, you can take a look at patient safety, training, compliance, checklists. I think healthcare has exactly the same set of uh, issues and applications that these airline industries have. And many of these payers and provider organizations are increasingly beginning to mandate. On the flip side, if you look at the the differences across the cost, quality, and access, I would say that uh, from a cost perspective for an airline industry, that has definitely come down. Quality has not come down. But definitely access has gone up. This is not exactly the same in healthcare, right? The costs have definitely skyrocketed, right? The quality just depends. Quality and access both depends on where you live and which zip code you have access to the health system. I think the most, from my perspective, the egregious difference ultimately comes to the attitude and acceptance of what is accepted in healthcare versus other industries like the airline industry that I just cited. If you take a, a look at what happened during the holidays in, in December, like many of us who were traveling at that time uh, experienced tremendous disruption. And there was a lot of press about what happened to the Southwest Carolines. If you, if you take that one particular example, I think close to two thirds of the flights got canceled primarily because their operating software, which Brian just mentioned, couldn't match the supply of these uh, crew with the demand of the airlines and that simple applications because it had to had some manual intervention and it couldn't withhold the demand at that particular time tremendous disruption to everyone traveling close to 800 million dollars of refunds and fines that they are now uh, you know holding the bag for however when you you look at the hospitals and and our industry healthcare industry the staffing uh, there the staffing applications often don't talk to the communication and chat applications, which is what we are seeing. So providers often have to do gymnastics around these workaround solutions, even by forming Facebook groups, often outside their central go-to applications to coordinate and staff appointments. And this is causing obviously massive frustrations with the staff and nursing, and obviously the trends we are hearing about aging, where you know nurses are not often comfortable with all the applications that they have to deal with. So I think from a big the healthcare perspective, I would argue that what Southwest Airlines faced during the holidays, we've been facing since since the COVID hit us in the last two years. And yet the the hospitals have not have not dealt with the heterogeneity of the solutions uh, that we've been talking about. So and in our case at Simpler, we think. Uh, healthcare operations is the answer. And as Brian mentioned, having a unified connected group of applications as a fundamental backbone could help with the frustration and solve the problems that not, uh, the other industries don't often always have. So hopefully that gives you some, some perspective.
0: I appreciate that VJ. I appreciate you walking me through that. And, and a follow up for you, but Brian of course, encourage your comments here as well. But you just talked about like sort of some of the workarounds that's really the the, the administrative burden um, interoperability really puts on on healthcare staff and in thinking about the staffing crisis that the industry is going through and that of course is not going anywhere. Is this something that the in, in your opinion I guess is something that just needs to be solved? It just it's a problem that the, the industry can't afford to continue to sort of um, take on into, into future generations. These inefficiencies
1: just need to get shored up. <laughs> That's a fantastic question. When we think about how to potentially attack the the staffing crisis, the role that interoperability and software solutions play in helping drive efficiency, it is all intimately intertwined. We've had customers who have postponed implementations of systems simply because they didn't want to disrupt their workforce any more than they already have. And they didn't, as a result, they didn't want to lose any more employees. So they said, yeah, we want to do this, but we'll, we'll do it later. Um, we've seen systems in today's economic environment say, hey, we're running a negative margin. Um, all we can do right now is keep the things that we have afloat. Even though we know that implementing your system is going to create efficiency for us and save us money over the long term, we just can't do it right now. Conversely... There are systems out there that are running a profit and they are in financially decent shape and they're investing as fast as they can in new technology to help them get even more efficient. And so I think what we'll start to see is pressure from the health systems and the hospitals to drive the vendor community to be more creative around their solutions and how they are interoperable with each other Um, both within the portfolio from each vendor and across competitors. Uh, I had a customer reach out to me yesterday saying, hey, we have this other system. We need yours to talk to it because this is the type of integration that we want to have happen. Can you please work with them to to make it so? If you think about that conversation, um, it took five minutes. I said, sure, give us the information. We'll connect and we'll talk to them and we'll make it happen. As a result of that, Theoretically, each vendor then starts to develop standard based interactive um, interoperability solutions, whether it's through an API, some sort of fire thing, you know, whatever it takes. But if we can all follow the standards, then it will be much easier for our customers to drive the interoperability they need to create the environment that they need to be operating successfully. And I think it really has to be driven by the hospitals and the health systems demanding it of their vendors because the regulatory environment is not going to help them in this case.
0: And then Brian, I, I wanna sort of shoot your assessment back at you and see if you agree with this statement I'm, I'm about to share, but you shared that some some hospitals that are, do, health systems that are doing well are, are investing in, in solutions and, and some that are, are maybe not doing quite as well are holding off. But in such an, a you know, challenging fiscal environment, do you think that the continued adoption of, of software solutions to really improve communication, stream operations, is just sort of indicative of just how important healthcare leaders see this challenge as being one that needs to be solved? Am I getting that right, Brian?
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's exactly what's happening. We've we've uh, talked obviously we talk to customers every day. We have um, worked with Class and with Bain to look at some research that they did around buying trends. And it's clear that the hospitals and health systems are all focused on how do I consolidate my portfolio of solutions to make it easier to manage so it costs me less money and delivers greater efficiency. I mean, ultimately, that's what software is supposed to do. It's supposed to make a workflow more efficient. And so if they, if the customers can drive that, even in this challenging time, the business case will pay for itself and they just have to pull the trigger to do it. It's, it's really that clear. It's just gets muddy when it comes down to the actual execution.
0: Sure. sure. Thank you, Brian. Um, you know, the the survey uh, Simpler conducted has come up a couple of times in this conversation. VJ, are there any other important findings from that survey that, that our listeners should know that maybe we haven't touched on yet?
2: Yeah, good question, Brian. I think there are a couple of things come to my mind, but I think the summary is, I think healthcare operations is going to be a leading subsector within the healthcare industry that we're going to be tracking uh, throughout, throughout the industry. So that was a key takeaway for me. But then within that, I think the most eye-opening takeaway was, most of the CIOs said the issues that we all talk about every day, you know, financial pressures, workforce issues, burnout, and staff challenges. But if you really ask the follow-up question of what is the issue behind this core issue, it all comes down to operations. And these operations could be based on applications, and or it could be based on the data issues that Brian uh, discussed earlier. So I think that was fundamentally uh, a key takeaway for me. The second biggest takeaway was how COVID was an important accelerant and kind of really play, uh, you know, made this operational issue, brought it to the center stage. Uh, you are finding that leaders are shifting their buying decisions from nice-to-have applications to must-haves, right? And all applications that we are talking about our competitors and everyone in the industry are talking about better have a strong ROI value proposition on how the costs that are going to come from their budget are going to be particularly paid for, which was the, which was the, which was highlighted in, in almost every single interview that we did. And then the third thing from my which was kind of also kind of uh, positive for me was a lot of these issues that uh, the CIOs mentioned, uh, were re- uh it feels like the reality had completely set in, in the post-COVID environment. If you look at the t- conversations in 2018, 2019, and 2020, most of them were you know, highly aspirational, uh, talking about some you know, innovation and concepts, some big concepts around AI, ML, and things of that nature. However, the conversations that we are having now, there's little to no fluff in them most of them are talking about the real real issues. And this is something we saw, the teams were consistent through our discussions at HLTH conference in Las Vegas last year as well. So I I would just basically sum this up as, I mean, it's almost as if the the provider walks in, they they open their computer, they see 50 or so applications kind of in front of them and they're trying to decide what application to use to, to actually do their job. And I think, operations and and enterprise operations are really going to help streamline them and really help them give them a clean desktop that they can work off of. I think that's an example that most of us can be familiar with. And that's hopefully that's the that's the goal uh, of these this particular subsector and what we are trying to solve.
0: Thank you, Vijay. Appreciate you diving a little bit deeper there for us. Brian, did you have any any
1: hook on additional comments? I, I think in the end, what we heard loud and clear from the CIOs was that they need the vendor community to step up and help to make their role, their their job and their staff's jobs much, much easier. And I know we are trying to do that. I know our competitors are trying to do that. And hopefully over the next couple of years, we'll really see an impact on, um, on the CIO and their staff.
0: Thank you, Brian. Um, and, and before we close off here, it's been a pleasure speaking with both of you, Brian and Vijay. Do either of you have, have anything that we didn't get to that, that you want to make sure listeners hear or anything you want to reemphasize before we sign off? Uh,
1: you know, I think the, the healthcare industry is in a period of transition um, that the pandemic kind of, uh, I don't know if it's it forced it upon us, but it certainly was the catalyst uh, that is changing how we think about operating as a, as a you know, ecosystem. And as the community goes through these changes, it'll be really interesting to see what comes out the other side. Uh, But I think it'll be a much more streamlined and efficient system uh, between vendors and customers and patients um, really driving towards uh, trying to implement the the quadruple aim and making sure that each of the constituents in the quadruple aim really feels the success that, that everybody's
2: trying to drive. The, the one com- one final comment to add to Brian's point is: I think that our industry talks a lot about some of the innovative aspects of what we deal with on a day-to-day basis, like value-based care and primary care, and all of those. I think uh, I would love to see a lot more discussion around healthcare and operational aspects of healthcare, uh, because I think that's where the rubber meets the road. And uh, I hope to see more companies get into the healthcare operations. And I hope we would love to talk to more providers who are interested in having uh, operational discussion with us. So I hope even one day Becker's has an operations section, just like what you have for healthcare IT, ASC and others. So I hope that vision comes true in the future.
0: Noted, VJ. Thank you. Um, I appreciate you both coming on and, and unpacking this topic with me and, and sharing some, some really interesting findings. It sounds like there's a lot of change happening. So look forward to hearing more about it as it continues to develop. So thank you so much, Brian and Vijay. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. I also want to thank our podcast sponsor, Simpler. And thank you to all for joining us for another episode of Becker's Healthcare Podcast. You can tune to more podcasts from Becker's Healthcare by visiting our podcast page at beckershospitalreview.com.